And welcome to Answers News for Monday, December 28th, 2020, the year that never seems to end, but it's almost coming to an end. <laughs> I'm your host, Roger Patterson. I'm joined today by my co-host, Ken Ham. Some of you might be familiar with him. Thank you, Roger. <laughs> it is uh, great to be with you, to be your co-host today. I'm, I'm so glad you could join me today. No, you, so. you know, I must admit this year, I started thinking, it seems like millions of years. It's and then been I thought, long, I don't yeah. believe in millions of years. But this year seemed like it was never going to come to an end. <laughs> I uh, heard a, a podcast I was listening to. Somebody quipped it was the best 2020 they've ever had. And I've got to agree with them. I hope there's another one, not another one like it coming, though. It was so. the most unique <laughs> 2020 we've ever had. All right. Thank you for joining us uh, here in the studio audience. Why don't you guys clap and let everybody know you're here. <laughs> got a, a great audience here today. Yeah, you're visiting the Creation Museum. It's almost millions of people. Uh, not all. quite that many, but it's pretty full in here yeah, today. Great yeah, to see all these faces here. Hey, do you know, you know what is special tomorrow? Um, I have to say it's tomorrow. I don't know. Tomorrow? It's not my birthday. That's a couple weeks away. Well, tomorrow in Australia, after 9 o'clock, it'll be the 30th. Okay. And on the 30th of December, 48 years ago, my wife and I were married. Hey, that's wonderful. Yeah. She chased after me and trapped me. <laughs> So, 48, 48. A very, very patient woman to where, stick with you that where, many years. Where are you? I've been with you, you for to? 15. Uh, my wife and I just hit 26 You're last July. You, so you know what that means? We've got a little ways to go. That means that you need to come to me for advice because we're okay. obviously much more experienced. Yeah. And I can see the wisdom in your hair. Yeah. yeah. We were married. I was 21. She just turned 19, but we were very mature for our well, age. Well, I was only 19. Like every, every couple of years. My gets wife married. was only 17 when we married. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, very mature. Very young as yeah, well. you knew it all. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> just like every one of us. Okay, oh. so let's go on here. So, Christmas time in Christmas town, still on at the Ark Encounter and the Creation Museum. Yep, we visited and them there last until night. It was beautiful. the 30th, December 30th, mm -hmm. that night, that'll be the last night for. Uh, Christmas time in Christmas Town, so you still have opportunity to come here, like all of these people that uh, come here from all over. And so I tell you what, I'll, I'll count to three and yell out what states you're from. One, two, three. I heard fourteen. I'm probably close, somewhere yeah, around there. Somewhere <laughs> around there. So anyway, as we get underway here, we have a streaming service called Answers.tv, and you know what I did when I spoke here today? I told them. If you get Disney Plus and Netflix, you need to pay penance by subscribing to Answers <laughs> TV as well. That sounds like a great uh, plan, so yeah. Answers.tv. Help floss and your brain a little one of bit. The, one of the movie stars on Answers.tv is our own Roger Patterson. Yeah, Mr. P. If you haven't seen the show Unlocking Science, that's the show I get to feature. And we've got some little video clips here that'll give you a little teaser. We recorded almost 80 episodes over the summer as we went into this lockdown mode. Ken said, hey, Roger, throw together a science program in two days and make it happen live. And, and I did, did it. <laughs> We've got to have lots of fun doing lots of experiments. But we had a little cell phone camera doing everything and trying to interact with people live. We've changed the format a little bit. So we're going to a five-camera setup now. So we've got four different cameras in the room, slow-mo camera. Is that called evolution from small cell phone mm, to a five-camera? I don't think I'd, I'd call it that. No, there was intelligent design involved in okay, this process. And we've got a great, uh, great AV team. So we've got the camera guy and the sound guy down there. And even though these out. are done for homeschoolers, they're really for anyone. Christian yeah, anyone. school, homeschool, or just I to say, do at home. I say they're for kids of all ages because I know we have kids of all ages who like to watch things 
like we've got in this little clip here. So this is a balloon filled with hydrogen gas, and as it gets close enough to the burner there, you'll see a nice little fireball. So basically, I get paid to blow stuff up, and it's really fun. Is this supposed to be sound with this? No, there's no sound. This okay. we took, oh, go back. There was a second part to that. Oh, oh, okay, you'll have to watch the balloon explode again. Oh, again? Okay, here it comes again. So we okay. created some hydrogen gas. Yeah, we were talking about faster. gas density. Yeah. And there we go. All right, now this next clip, we took some carbon dioxide gas, and we were talking about the density of gases in this episode I did with Dr. Faulkner. And here you can see I'm going to pour some carbon dioxide in because it's more dense than the air. It'll flow down that channel, and because there's no oxygen around the candles, what's going to happen to them? They're going to get extinguished. So you can see that in slow-mo, so we've got great new camera effects to be using this uh, these upcoming seasons. We don't know exactly when they're going to be released yet, but you can be looking for that. We're and there is sound on the actual Yes, programs. there's sound on the actual programs. <laughs> yes, they just took these. And then this next one, uh, I was playing with our little microscope camera, and I was able to capture this amazing creature called a Stentor Coriolis. And it actually ate a Blepharisma for me right on camera. I, so, I, ever since I was a kid, I wanted to see yeah. a whatever it is, eat a whatever it is. <laughs> so you can see the little cilia beating there, and I was able to capture that in some different phases of light. So great technology we're able to, to use to capture God's amazing creation and show you just how wonderful it is. So every show I start out by talking about how we're going to be unlocking the secrets of God's amazing creation and giving him glory for the things that he's created rather than the evolutionary view you're going to get from most perspectives. So in this next little segment here, it's coming up. No, leave it playing. The, uh, you'll see a little critter get eaten by the big critter. Is that better for you? And there's some more shots of the cilia. So able to use different phases of light to see different aspects and uh, just the amazing detail. That's a single-celled organism. Now a little blepharisma is going to creep around there. Shoop got sucked right into the oral groove and I was able to capture that on camera then go back we'll be able to play that for you in slow motion watch all the pieces play so really cool stuff and I get paid Here it comes. to do this stuff and I'm just so excited about it it's awesome there he is sneaks into the oral groove it'll contract around him you'll see it squeezed closed and he's trapped and now the stentor has a little snack to eat so we'll talk is about that sort of things. like you killing a deer it is yes I shoot the deer and I eat them, just like the stentor. Is that the end now? Yeah, that's the end. Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> Actually, you can see that uh, even, doesn't matter who you are, uh, what age you are, you'd love to watch those experiments, and they're all on Answers TV, which is a God-honoring, family-friendly yes. streaming service, and it works out at just over $3 US a month if you subscribe for a year. So I encourage you all to get that. And as I said, if you get Disney Plus and Netflix, you need to pay penance anyway penance. and get this as well at the same time. So, All right, right, let's get to our fluff article for the day. We always have one fluff article. And this one should be right up Ken's alley. What's up, Skip? Kangaroos really can talk to us, the study finds. So you've spent a lot of time in this place where there are kangaroos bouncing around. So you have kangaroos like we have deer. That's true. Okay. Yep. And did you ever have one of them talk to you? Never had one of them talk to me. Good, because they really can't talk. <laughs> so we're not, this, this study puts this in quotes. I've so seen lots of people in Australia talk to, talk us, to kangaroos. But they never talk but back. But they never talk back. But if you were to put out a box with food 
and that kangaroo were to paw at it and then look at you and then paw at it and then look at you, you'd know that they were trying to communicate to you that they wanted you to open the box to get the food. And that's the basic communication behavior that we're seeing here from these kangaroos. So they're actually saying, I, re I read this article, and they're actually saying that you put a box with food in front of the kangaroo and it realizes it can't get it, so it keeps looking at you so that you would come and open it. Yeah, so these aren't domesticated animals. These aren't critters that we've ever tamed and kept as pets, yeah. though there are some examples How of that. How do you know they're not looking at you saying, what stupid idiot put a lid on the box? <laughs> Why didn't you just leave it open in the first place? Then yeah. I wouldn't have to talk to you. How do they know they're, they're really open. communicating that? Yeah, so that's, that's the big question we've got to think about. So as we think about interacting with animals, uh, we want to be careful not to project our own human identities onto them. But we know we have our beloved pets and you think your dog loves you so much, but he really just loves those treats you give him. <laughs> and there are some emotional connections, and I enjoy those with, with pets and those things as well. But we have to be careful not to cross that line. See, I know there are people that tell me their dog loves them or their cat loves them or something like that. I always tell them it's just a sophisticated um, computer. Yeah. It's a sophisticated living computer. That's all it is. And they get mad at me. Yeah. So but, not created in the image hey, of God, but still important. Hey, you know, when I grew up, though... Mm -hmm. There was, a, there was a, a series of programs in Australia called, you know how you have Bambi over here? Yeah. Well, there was one called Skippy, and it was Skippy the bush kangaroo. <laughs> and as kids, we used to watch it, and Skippy was in the house, and, and when things happened, he would come up and make noises communicating to people. But I, I got a feeling they sort of concocted that with the movie. Kind of like when Lassie runs up and barks. Yes, And he barks thing. three times, and you know that means Timmy fell in the well, and you need to go get <laughs> Farmer Johnson's tractor and a rope to pull him out. Exactly. So we've got to be careful with those lines there. Hey, I thought for this one, it'd be good to do a little spiritual application. Sure. So mm -hmm. what spiritual application could I... I mean, a kangaroo is mentioned in the Bible. I mean, what spiritual application? Well, I thought this one. So James 3. So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. Tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life and set on fire by hell for every kind of beast and bird, including kangaroos. Uh, a reptile and sea creature can be tamed and has been tamed, but no human being can tame the tongue. Yeah, so here we have the true communication. So when we think about communicating with one another using words and language, uh, whatever language that is. That's a, a gift God has given us uniquely as humans. We don't know of any other creatures that do that. Uh, they can call to one another and recognize simple signals and those types of things. But true communication where we're indicating our emotions and our feelings and those types of things are not done by anything that's not made in the image of God. And to think that our tongues are that dangerous that they can cause so much harm is an important thing for us to remember. Just because we can say something doesn't mean we should say it. Like when Ken makes mean jokes about me, it hurts my feelings. But that's how I know he loves me. And just remember, that's what Australians a soft do. answer turns away wrath. It does. It is good to remember those things. That's sure. Yeah, Australians insult their friends. Yes, I feel loved. And that's why I had to be careful often. here in America because when I would insult Americans and they'd think I was insulting them but I was actually, actually showing them how much I liked them. I, it took me a little while to figure that out. But and I, there are I some people here that feel extra loved. Lots of love for some yeah. of us, yeah. So, anyway, uh, uh, by the way, as we go on with these articles, there are, there are news headlines today that w we never had when we were kids 
but unfortunately we're all living in this real world and so we have to deal with these. So Roger, tell us about this one. All right, transgender activist calls for all children to be placed on puberty blockers until they can decide their gender. Now, we mentioned this last week uh, when we were talking with, with Avery and Tim, saying headlines like this would not have been around two years ago, five years ago, 10 years ago, maybe even 12 months ago. But now we have to deal with these types of issues in our culture, in our society, as people are moving further and further away from a biblical worldview and that framework of God's design for human sexuality. When you read Genesis and you take that at, at face value, how many genders are you going to come up with? Well, it says God made them male and female. And uh, Jesus in the New female. Testament said he made them from the beginning, male and female. So there's only two genders. So when we think about the way people are trying to change their gender, here a transgender, uh, this activist was a man who believes he's transformed into a woman now through surgery and hormone treatments. So that technology has allowed us to do those things. But just because technology allows us to do something doesn't mean that we should be doing it. And so the and, argument that's being made here... And he's still here, a man anyway. Yes, and he is still a man regardless of the pronouns and the way that he dresses. That has not changed. He's just denying that creation, that created order that God has put into place. And you know what it reminds us of? It's an outworking of the depravity of the human heart. You look, this is what happens when man rebels against God and we reject God's word. And the heart of man is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. That's Jeremiah 17, 9. So what we're seeing, and young people remember this, what we're seeing here is people in rebellion against God and God turns them over. Uh, turns them over to their uh, depraved hearts. And yeah. Romans 1, you know, when we see more and more of this in the culture, you read Romans 1, it's really a judgment uh, on these people and judgment on the culture. I believe God is judging the culture because this sort of thing increasingly happening in a culture is a sign God is judging the culture. Yep. So let's go on to something very different. All right. This crazy beast that lived with the dinosaurs was unlike other creatures. So here we have a fossil that was dug up and is being described as kind of a possum-like badger creature. And it's not supposed to be as big as it is because allegedly during this time period, about 66 million years ago, uh, this creature would have been on the edge of the demise of the dinosaurs and only small little mouse-like creatures would have been uh, mammals. There shouldn't be anything this big according to most of the evolutionary stories about the past. But well, that's the yeah. problem. Well, they say, start off by saying 66 million, million year old mammal. Well, how do they know it's 66 million years old? Then that's the dating methods that all have issues. And it says, bends and breaks a lot of rules. Well, whose rules? Well, for them, what that really means is, from an evolutionary perspective, how could this be? <laughs> so if the evolution uh, explanation for this is wrong, then does that make evolution right? Well, they just twist and change the theory and the applications of the theory over and over to try and adapt to these different creatures that they find that tend to break those rules. So they're not really breaking the rules. They're just showing how plastic of a theory evolution is and how when something can explain everything, it really doesn't give us any real explanatory power. Well, I say here, the researchers describe the creature as having had muscular hind limbs like a crocodile's, powerful front legs, rabbit-like front teeth, and odd back teeth that look completely unlike those of any known mammal, an unusual space between the bones of the top of its snout, and more trunk vertebrae than most other mammals. So they're saying, how can an animal like this exist? It's got all these different bits and pieces and so on from their perspective. 
Well, think about, think about the platypus. Sure. Mm-hmm. Platypus in Australia is a bill like a duck and a beaver like tail and hair like a bear, web feet like an yeah. otter, claws like a reptile, lays eggs like a turtle, feeds its young on milk like a mammal, has spurs like a rooster and poison like a snake. <sighs> Deep breath. And that critter. See, how could you have an animal like that? But it exists, right? Yeah. Because when, when they sent it back to England to examine it, they thought it was a hoax. Yeah, they thought somebody got all these different animals, chopped them in pieces and put them all together. But just it, the whole point is God can create however he wants. And Absolutely. he creates all unique kinds of animals and plants. And then evolutionists look at it and they're all perplexed. And when we find these types of creatures, we have to remember everybody's looking at the same evidence. We're interpreting it through our worldview. And if you look at the unique skull that's on this creature, it seems to have this very open uh, area up where the sinuses would be on the top of the snout. And it kind of reminded me of an antelope that runs around in uh, northern Asia, the Saiga antelope. If you were to find one of those skulls and compare it to a modern, or to the antelope we have here in America, they look pretty similar. But if you actually look at a living specimen or see a picture of these, they have this big proboscis that comes off the front of their nose and they look like some crazy creature out of Star Wars. If we were to dig up that as a fossil, we'd never know about those soft tissue features. So maybe rather than looking like a badger like we see here in this photo, maybe there was some type of big long proboscis that came off of this creature and it was just a unique way for God to express his creativity in all of his creatures. Well, you got to remember, when they find fossils of animals, very rarely do they find the entire creature yeah. anyway. Mm-hmm. It's usually just bits and pieces. And then you don't find very rarely to find any evidence of the soft tissue, only sometimes. It's very rare. And so how do you build that animal? They have to make all sorts of assumptions in, in doing that. They said here, it is simply odd. Well... But <laughs> simply odd. What they mean is it's something they can't understand, but they're looking at uh, something that God created and they don't have all the evidence and don't yeah. really know and what it is. And they give a very telling statement. Um, could these scientists eventually tell a clearer story of how mammals or at least some of them developed? And that's all it is. It's a story about the past. And when they start from man's ideas and the evolutionary worldview, they're going to come to those predetermined conclusions. When we start from a biblical perspective and God's word as the foundation for that, we're going to come to totally different perspectives. And for young people here too, we need to understand, whenever you read articles like this, the scientists have already assumed evolution is fact. Therefore, they're taking that worldview to the evidence and saying, whatever we find, we're going to interpret it with an evolutionary framework. Even when they say it doesn't make sense and we don't understand how to explain it. But still, they won't question their assumption of evolution. Yep. Alan on YouTube makes that point. He says they never question that their timeline could be wrong by around 60 million years or 66 million years. And that's true because that's their starting point, their worldview. Okay. How about this next one? All right. Why don't wildebeest have wheels exploring the limits of evolution? Now, this article takes a very interesting perspective, and it does something we see all the time in these popular level articles and even in scientific journals and things. It really personifies evolution. Just the opening line says, evolution has produced a stupendous diversity of life forms, but there are some adaptations it never seems to produce, like flying plants or zebras with guns. Is there a limit to its creativity? Sounds like we're talking about a person named evolution. And that there's some power that this person has to create all of these things. Is that what evolution well, is? Well, I ask you a question. If evolution is infinitely innovative, in other words, evolution is like a person. If, if evolution is infinitely innovative, why hasn't it produced animals with wheels? Well, that's a great question. Could you imagine a mountain goat with wheels? 
Um, that would be very interesting. It'd probably have a hard time on the rocks. Hey, but you, you, you think about this, though. Why, why has God made creatures with legs and not wheels? Well, if you have wheels, it's harder to go up steps. Sure. It's harder on rough ground. Yeah. Makes more, much more sense to have legs on yeah. rough ground. And we, we wanna, when we want to get around on those areas, we use tracks and other things. And how would that even work if you had to get blood supply to the wheels and the vessels that are yeah, part of our bodies? Spin. Yeah, the parts would spin. Now we have little tiny parts like the flagella motor that spins inside of uh, bacteria and other things. But here, that doesn't seem to make sense. But it's, it's just the way in which they go through here and say, we don't understand why evolution didn't produce wheels. You know, why couldn't it have produced wheels? And, you know, uh, they say biological evolution is an unlimited process. You know, they keep saying if evolution is infinitely innovative, if it's an unlimited process, you know what they're really saying? If there's, if there's some, something out there that has infinite knowledge, infinite wisdom, infinite power, but they, they won't talk about God. It can't be God. We Evolu can't let God evolution the is their God, really. It's got to be there. And, and that's where they kind of end the article thinking about if we could imagine all of these types of things and think about all the possible things that could happen, they say evolution is more clever than you are. Well, I would say that God is the one who's more clever than me, and he's the one who's created all these things with this amazing diversity. I used to have that evolutionary worldview. I was trained into that as a biologist, and I thought it was right. I thought it made sense from that naturalistic perspective where I was in control, and I get to, I get to decide what's true based on my own reasoning and my own experience. When I came to faith and submitted to God and his word, and trusted in Christ, I didn't have that background anymore, and I had to really question a lot of those foundations. And when you do, you recognize they're really making evolution into God. It's yep. the one who creates and designs and does all of these things. And now I get to give glory to God for what he's created rather than some blind process. Now, let me read you part of this paper, because this is an incredible scientific investigation. Why don't zebras have machine guns? It argued zebras would benefit from evolving machine guns to repel attacks by lions, right? But they can't because evolution has to proceed by intermediate steps, all of which must be advantageous or not harmful. A machine gun is only useful when it's complete as a machine. As a functionalist organ, it would just be hogging vital nutrients. Well, here's the interesting thing. Just about you know, every feature we have has to be all there or it won't yeah, work, Yeah, we call right? that irreducible complexity and, and specified complexity. But mm -hmm. then they go on, but they explain why evolution didn't evolve machine guns in zebras. Uh, you all want to know the answer to this, don't you? Yeah, they figured it out. Listen to this. So projectile weapons have frequently evolved, like archerfish. If you've seen the archerfish and the way it can shoot squirts and it's water. Like squirts water and so on. So why, why don't zebras have machine guns, right? I mean, it's, it's a question that everybody asks when they look at a zebra. So it says these animals are all ambush predators. So it may be that evolution doesn't favor projectile weapons in prey because fleeing a predator is normally a better strategy than fighting it. And I thought, makes sense. That's the reason zebras didn't evolve machine guns. It's better to run away. I don't think I'd go hunting those deer if they were able to shoot back at me, though. That'd be a little too much risk for me. I, I tell you, this is nonsense. But it's, it's a, you know what, this is all fairy tale, but and then evolution is fairy tale. And yeah. the end, they, one of the uh, um, examinations of a parrot skull, they said the researchers only had access to a skull, so they couldn't examine the bird's actual eyes. 
But what the may have happened is they got these adaptations of the dark. So they're even working from a lot of speculation and incomplete evidence yeah, to tell us it. this story. So we need to be very aware of that and watch out for those, those words like may have or might have or only partial. All those things are going to give us warnings when we consume this type of media to watch out for the conclusions. That but they do making. give an example here of an animal that evolved similar to a wheel. There are spiders that roll up in little balls and roll down hills. So see? Yeah, so if that freaks you out, I hope you can sleep tonight thinking about spiders rolling down hills with their legs rolled up. Okay, let's go on to the next one. All right. Rick Warren and Saddleback Church host segregated blacks-only online worship service, a safe space for our black brothers and sisters. So you guys may be aware of um, Rick Warren, The Purpose Driven Life was his big book uh, some probably 20-plus years ago. And Saddleback Church in California is the church he pastors. They recently hosted this event where they invited only those in their church body who were black or people of color is another way it's commonly said today. And that this would be a safe space for them to come and talk about these issues and hear about uh, the church life and have a special gospel music presentation tailored just to them. I thought... Over the years, people have tried to get away from segregation and help everyone understand we're all one human family. And of course, from a biblical perspective, we all go back to Adam and Eve. We are all one family. We're all one race. And as soon as you start segregating, and anyway, segregating on the basis of color is wrong because we're all one color. If you're going to segregate on the basis of color and you put all the colored people in, in, in one, one place, then the only people who would be in the other place are the non-colored which means, which means you should be at a doctor. <laughs> Just the because, albinos. Because you've be all got to have the colour. It's yeah. called melanin. Melanin. That's the main, that's the main colour we have. So actually, every person is a coloured person. Right? Just and, what degree of colour. And there are no truly black have. or truly white people. So, in fact, I can prove... Do you know I can prove to this audience in less than one second I'm not a white person? I do. Less than one second I can prove I'm not a white person. You ready? All right. I'm not a white person. See, because we're all brown. We all have that pigment melanin in now, our skin. We might be melanin challenged. We don't have very much. Right. And others have a lot more. But that's the main pigment that's going to provide that coloration. Now, a lot of people have referred to this uh, as the great awakening within the church. And woke is a term that's been used to describe this uh, emphasis on racial issues within America, especially, and, and social justice issues. And we want to acknowledge that there have been evil, wicked things done to people for their perceived race in different areas, especially here in the United States. We think back to the period of slavery and other things. And those things continued uh, clear up into the 1960s and are still happening today, no doubt. But as the church, we should be a place where there can be true fellowship that's found based on our identity in Christ. We've all come together. We're united under Christ. We have the Holy Spirit uniting us, dwelling in us. We read those passages in Ephesians 2 that talk about that unity. And that's where we need to be placing our focus rather than trying to divide people up and uh, provide safe spaces for certain groups. And this is really a form of racialism that's building itself inside of the church. And we should be, of all people, the people of God's word should be the ones who are embracing people of all colors and ethnicities and nationalities and cultures 
coming together in unity in Christ around all of these things. Well, it's interesting. If you look at one of the statements Wick Warren made, he said, we want this to be a safe place for our black brothers and sisters to heal and be fed mentally, emotionally, and spiritually by their church family heading into the new year. Well, the commentator here says, well, safe space. Obviously, it's the absence of white people, according to Rick Warren, because they're separating them out. So intentionally or not, in this announcement, he's saying you have reason to feel unsafe in the presence of your brothers and sisters in Christ. Yeah. I mean, think about that. And I mean, as they say here, what an insulting, offensive thing to say. As a Christian, you already have a safe place. It's called the church. Yeah, and we need to be careful as our, our own hearts are deceitful, as Ken has already mentioned. We need to be checking ourselves for those biases and making sure that we're not promoting any of those things in our own heart, in our own mind, our own actions, and be truly transparent where we sin. We confess those sins to one another and we repent. But we don't need to be looking for um, ways to continue to divide and to continue to look back to the sins of our fathers and um, have those as a part of the penalty for those of us who are alive today. Now, if you have been part of those things, that's sin. Repent of those things and move forward. Well, you know, I was thinking when you think about people today talking about injustices of the past and reparations, I'd say the greatest injustice of all time was when we committed treason against the God of creation and sinned in Adam. Yeah. Now, can we pay reparations for that? Absolutely well, not. You know, you all know what, your righteous deeds well, are like filthy rags. Well, what did God do? He paid the reparations for us. And that's why he says, by grace you are saved through faith. It is not of yourselves, it is gift of God. And then he tells us as Christians to love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you. Jesus taught us to pray, forgive us our debts as we forgive others. So that's how a Christian should be acting. Yeah, and the article closes quoting Galatians 3.28. There's no Jew or Greek, slave or free, male or female, since you are all one in Christ. And that's the unity we should really be striving toward. And we have lots of great resources. You've been talking about this. I mean, I've been with the ministry for 15 years, and you were talking about it well before I started that. talking on this in 1975, actually, when minute. I became a... That's the year were I was you born, born then? I was born in 75, Ken. That's so that's when I was old. first talking about this as a public <laughs> high school teacher. Hey, this book here, One Race, One Blood, it's co-authored by myself and Dr. Charles Ware, who's yeah. an African-American pastor, and he's a, a personal friend of mine, and he, he, he says this. He talks about me as... Uh, it, my good friend Ken Ham who's of the lighter hue and he said he is of the darker hue because I, I, I was talking to him one day about we shouldn't say black and white we're going to make the point we're all the one color we're just different shades so he talks about darker hue and lighter hue but he has a ministry called Grace Relations he says there's no such thing as race relations because there's only one race and he has this very impactful ministry called Race Relations and so we married those uh, our two uh, talks together, if you like, yeah. two presentations together. And so I deal with, you know, the Tower of Babel and skin colour and all those sorts of issues, and he deals with race relations put together. We know of no other book in the world that does that. Yeah. And we've got that and in the kids' version, the kids version well. of it. And then yeah. Dr. Dana Sneed on our staff, she worked with Dr. Ware to put together this small group curriculum. So if this is an issue you'd like to deal with in your church from a biblical perspective, this curriculum would be a great way to do that. We've got presenters who come and, and teach those things in a DVD-based uh, form, and then we've got the studies that go along with that. And Dr. Ware works through that grace relations concept and really gives some great framework for that. So we'd encourage you to get a hold of those resources and, and equip your church body to deal with those things. I think we should deal with one more article just to finish off with here, uh, because this is one that just blows people's minds. It shows you how 
how woke our culture is becoming, how unwoke. Are you kidding me? Now they want to cancel Helen Keller for being just another, despite disabilities, privileged white person. So if you're not familiar with Helen Keller, uh, she was a white lady who was born deaf and blind. You mean a light-hued lady? I'm sorry, yes, a lighter-hued lady. <laughs> and she, uh, she overcame those things, uh, worked through those disabilities, uh, and then she became an activist for a lot of social causes, eventually moving kind of into a socialist paradigm. Yeah, she's pretty left-wing. Yeah, she went pretty left-wing in the end. But they want to cancel her because it's just an example of a white privileged woman, and we don't want to teach about all of those things in school anymore. Even though she was deaf and blind, she overcame that to actually get involved in doing things, even though I wouldn't agree with what she was doing, but she did get involved in doing things. So now that's called white privilege, so we need to cancel her. Yeah, one of the uh, mothers who commented on a Twitter posts related to this said, you've got to be kidding me. The woke mob is now going after Helen Keller for being white. Never mind the advancements she worked to achieve for those with disabilities, like her child that she talks about. So thinking about these, um, these different aspects and this principle of intersectionality that the culture is trying to use around the idea of critical theory and other things, that if you're, uh, you're a, more oppressed when you're a woman, but since she was a white woman, she's not as oppressed as a black woman or a black, a black transvestite woman or a black transvestite Muslim woman. You add all those things together and you get this intersection of oppression. So she doesn't deserve to, be, to get high enough a score to actually count as somebody who overcame those things because of her privilege. And we've got to remember that, you know, that, that critical race theory that they're now teaching in the public schools and they're teaching in many businesses and so on is really at its base. It's, it's really Marxist philosophy. Absolutely. And that's what's, and young people need to be very aware of that. You know what, all of this just makes it more and more important for people to understand that we need to have the true history of the universe, the true history of the human race. And it's only God's word that gives that to us. And so for us to have the right worldview, we've got to start with God's word. What we're looking at, and a lot of the, the uh, things that we're talking about in these news items is because we have a world where people have rebelled against God. Yeah, and there's hope. There's hope because Christ has come and provided himself as a ransom for many. And that if we'll repent of those things that are sin and trust in him, we can have eternal life. And then share that good message, that good news with others. We didn't get to the article on fleas, but we can do that next time. Well, everyone wanted to know about fleas. I'm sure they did. <laughs> anyway. All right. So. Well, we thank you all for joining us, and we will see you back on Wednesday for more Answers News. Have a blessed day.